Happy Tag Tuesday. We are back. <laughs> We're back, baby. Woo! Woo! Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How are you? I'm Denise Cooper. Oh, I'm Ann Police. We are two average girls. I got I got a direct point from Denise, and even then I didn't catch it. I thought you would understand that it's you on, like, it was like five, four, four three. two, three. Nope. Like, because you're like in the industry. Nope. And I've seen this happen before on TV shows where they like point to the person, the anchor, and then she, they go like two, one. No, they don't say one. No, I know. I'm pointing like you, I, I'm like. Your Denise per- did it so well. She was the floor director and I missed it. It's okay. You haven't been doing it for a while. And uh, I'm rusty. When we're on the Nagahide table mm. in my pod room, mm. it you you just become casual. Santa didn't bring you a new podcasting table. No, he did not. Two Average Girls is going on season three. You're right. And this is... I can't believe it. I can't believe it either, you guys. This has become um, so much more fun and interesting interacting with you guys than we could have ever we we're just so glad that you're here with us so thanks the and journey has been fun it and has it's been. continuing yeah which is also something pretty amazing for yeah. us yeah let's move on shall we to the topic at hand today we um every year we do a look back at the interesting things that have happened in the past year as well as the people that we have lost and it's not I don't mean it to sound morbid but it is just an interesting look back at the year and that's the first thing that comes up is like celebrities in the news that we you know that moved on that lost or whatever that we lost so that's what we're going to do this year um we were looking for interesting things that happened this year in the news I don't know about if you had the same experience Denise but I couldn't find interesting things in the news (laughs) well it to me you and I have a different probably idea of what's interesting Mm. and I think our our listeners would appreciate the fact that we're kind of discerning when it comes to those types of things meaning there's a lot of stuff that's gone on Mm. we know about the wars we know about all the mass shootings we know about all of these things I don't want to talk about it. not doing that I don't want to talk about it even Mm -hmm. today's in in looking back at the year of who has passed this year Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but when I look back I just it's just kind of a weird feeling to think about people who have passed and now they're just no longer here. No. It's no, just a I get weird, what you're saying. It's just weird. And I don't know, you and I have talked about this, but it's so weird that the year seems like the older we get, the faster the year mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, that's true. And I sound so old when I say that, but some years you're just like, please let me just get through this year. Yeah. This year to me went by very fast it did to me too and I don't know if it's just because I'm older and that's just how it goes and I'm at that stage of my life but as I was looking back on some of the people and predominant people who passed away Mm -hmm. I felt as if some of the 50s 60s and 70s because that's who these people were when they were like very popular or when they were notable were alive Mm -hmm. Our whole like childhood is kind of depleting. Sort of gone. Yeah, that's what happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's just age. I know. But it does seem like they kind of all go at the same time. Like, and then suddenly they're just all gone. It's very sad. Just was, it was so, the look back for me was a a really interesting 
It was a little sad. You know, it was a little sad. I get it because there are people that are our contemporaries on a lot of ways Mm -hmm. or people that influenced us. They were just old enough, older enough than us that we were like, wait, that's a person that's, oh my gosh, you know, kind of thing. Um, Do you want to start in January and go forward or do you have any discernible organization as far as that? We can start at the beginning because I think most people, and that was when I started looking through different lists. Mm -hmm. Not every list did go in order of when they passed. It was more almost if they were more famous that sure. they would post them up. Sure. But when you start looking at things from the from the beginning of the year, of last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. those are the things that I forgot about. Exactly. In January, when people, you know, right, right. started making note of right. who was passing. So who's your first one? You go ahead. Okay. My, my first one is um, an absolute legend whom I loved and was so sad to hear that he'd passed Jeff Beck. I knew you were going to say it. That's why I let you do it because oh, you're a music you. person. And I knew you would love no, that. No, I love Jeff Beck. He was a trailblazer. He was beloved among other musicians, which is interesting. If you're really into music, I'm not as into music as a lot of people are. Some people are just really passionate about, you know, going to concerts and that kind of thing. I'm not quite at that level. But I knew that Jeff Beck was a musician's musician other musicians thought he was the greatest. I'd seen interviews with other notable guitarists who were like, Jeff Beck is the bomb. I would only hope to be like Jeff Beck. Anyway, he um, was, he passed in January um, on the 10th of a bac- of bacterial meningitis, which seems like a real bummer. He was 78, which was older than I thought. He looked pretty good. That's because rockers can really pull it off. They really can. I they- mean, you know, you think about Mick Jagger. Well, I know he he does look a little bit worn, but look at all I his know. life he's lived. Exactly. I mean, like he's lived a life. I'm looking at this picture of Jeff Beck right now, mm-hmm. and he has on um, reflective sunglasses. He's on stage, uh, a scarf around his neck. Mm-hmm. You can't tell he's 78 years old. No. So anyway, they they hide it well. He um, Jeff Beck won eight Grammys and was twice inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Once with the Yardbirds and once as a, a solo performer. And he played. Guitar. The, the bass guitar? Is that what he No, played? no, no. Lead guitar. Lead he was guitar. a guitarist. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, rest in peace, Jeff Beck. You, uh, it was, that was one of the saddest, it really kicked off the year for me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Jeff right. Beck. Well, next up yeah. is another peripheral, is that the word? Mm-hmm. Peripheral? On the yeah. side? On the side sure. musician Who's because that? it was Lisa Marie Presley. <gasps> oh, I I literally gasped when I heard that she passed away. So she sad. passed away two days after Jeff Beck. Oh, is that true? Uh-huh. So January, January 12th. Oh, my gosh. She was only 54 years old. And she died of like a massive heart attack or something, right? Well, like a cardiac arrest or it something? Is, it is actually something that um, it was very controversial, at least, because she's 54 years old. Right. That's not normal. Right. Two days after attending the 2023 Golden Globe Awards. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. She collapsed at her home in Calabasas, California, and she was transported to a hospital. Um, it was confirmed later that she, after the aut- autopsy, it was determined she died of a small bowel obstruction. Ooh. And it was really complications that she had from a bariatric surgery years ago. Oh, she had a, to like her stomach. Yes. Kind of I, and I'm bringing that up because I had no idea that that was she heavy. I don't I think that she had gotten heavy, oh. heavy for the oh, please. For, for, for Hollywood. Hollywood Give me a right. Break. And hot heavy for I'm Elvis Presley and Pr- Priscilla Presley's daughter. She, there's so much pressure on her. There Your was poor baby. There was 
a lifetime of pressure. There was a, a expectation. Mm-hmm. There was a responsibility. I mean, you say that, it sounds like, no, there wasn't. Yes, there was. You're Elvis's daughter. It's so sad. She has four, she had four children, mm-hmm. one of which committed suicide two years ago. Yeah. And that was so sad. She had mm-hmm. been married four times mm-hmm. in her life. She, Once to Michael Jackson. Give me a break, honey. I know. Come on. No children from that one. It's shocking to no one. <laughs> Sorry. But her son, Benjamin, died in 2020, actually, of oh, suicide. It was 2020? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and she was beyond devastated. The one thing that she did that I thought was notable and, and really I, it, it gave me it gave me pause to think about how it would be if you had a son that committed suicide. Mm. And, and I we have family members who have had children who have committed suicide, yes, and yes. there's nothing worse. No, there's not. I mean, it's just the most tragic thing you can think of. She spoke out on mental health conditions and and things like that so she used her her power i will say it wasn't really power but her influence for good Mm -hmm. she's a beautiful woman she was and um the one thing about her son benjamin he was only 27 but he looked so much like her father really that she said that he would walk places and i think again i don't know what caused his there was mental health issues for sure obviously but what caused him to be that depressed when he would walk into a room, people would like almost gasp <gasps> it because back. it would send people to a place where they were like, that looks like Elvis. Oh my gosh. And you know that again, that's a pressure that isn't, is. isn't. And you don't want it. You didn't you ask for it. it. You didn't ask for it. And it would be one thing if your fa- your grandfather just passed away mm-hmm. normally. Right. Of old age and everyone got to, but because of the circumstances behind there. But anyway, mm. there it has gotten kind of scary and, and sad because after she passed, there was this whole thing about who gets Graceland. Well, yeah, and I didn't realize that there was a fracture in her relationship with her mother, which has all unfortunately come out in the tabloids in the press. Well, and Priscilla, it, just to be noted, she mm. has basically, there has been a lawsuit and she has said basically that her the suit wasn't so much to grab money. It was to be able to make sure that the estate and everything was handled properly. Sure, you got to control the because, brand because the the people who now are haven't inherited are young. Yeah, that's they're not trouble. prepared for this. And yeah. so, I'm just going to think of as a grandmother mm-hmm. who's lost a daughter, mm-hmm. who's lost a husband, who lost a all of these things. All of these things add up to mm. maybe she, let's give her the benefit of the doubt saying she's looking out for the best interest of the family. But mm-hmm. Lisa Marie Presley dies at age 54 on January 12th. Poor baby. And what a horrible death. She, you could tell she wasn't well. If you look at those, that Golden Globe footage, you're like, what is happening? She and was not well. They were speculating drugs and all yeah. of those things. And, and who knows exactly, but the bowel obstruction. That'll do it. Ugh, That's rough stuff. Terrible. Yeah. Next actor I want to talk about is a gentleman named Julian Sands, which you probably don't know just straight off the gate. He was a British actor. He was in a bunch of things like A Room with a View. Um, Ocean's 13 is what I knew him from. He mm-hmm. was kind of a character actor. He did a lot of stuff. You'd see him in stuff all the time. The reason I'm bringing it up is because his death was big news here in Southern California because he went missing. He went for a hike in um, the Los Angeles mountains. Uh, there's a place called Mount Baldy down here, Mount Baldy Wilderness. Um, And he just went missing. 
and people were like here's this actor and no one can find him and but everyone people around him knew that he'd gone for a hike well he ended up dying while he was on the hike he was 65 years old so he went missing in january and then other hikers found his body in june no so the coroner's report is just undetermined death because he was well the the decomposition was so bad they didn't know he probably fell is what people are presuming um but due to conditions the condition of the body it wasn't they weren't able to that's not the way you want to go by yourself in the wilderness by yourself in the wilderness and just be missing for so long it's so sad it's not like they found him the next day and he had you know fallen or whatever which does happen out there that's not but anyway, Julian Sands, he was 65 years old. If you look him up, though, I don't know if you if you can see a picture of him. You know exactly who that guy is. He was a really kind yeah. of a fun actor. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little blast from the past. And most people will probably not recognize this name. But uh-huh. I had to I had to talk about him because his father was so influential in my in the 70s when I was growing up. Evil Knievel. Oh, what? Robbie Knievel passed away, his he son. Did? He passed away. Yes, he um, he died at the age of sixty. He was sixty. He was sixty. So, for those of you who don't know who Evil Knievel was, oh my god, Evil Knievel was a bigger than life stunt man mm-hmm. who made his name for doing crazy, crazy, basically looking for attention, <laughs> right? Like, and he broke every bone in his body, like. By taking his motorcycle and going over, you know, 25 cars. I'm making this up. I You could look him up and find out. We're talking about his, his son, who was also a stunt performer. Was, yeah. Like his father, he had been fighting pa- um, pancreatic cancer oh. for a long time. And he lost his, he lost his fight with that. But um, Robbie Knievel, he performed, um, he set records with Daredevil motorcycle jumps, just like his father. Um and he, including a Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, he jumped in 1989. He jumped the Grand Canyon yep. um, a decade later. Yep. And he died in Reno, Nevada. The interesting oh. thing about him was, and there's a picture of him here with his father. He made headlines by um, jumping over Rows of Limousine in 1998 at the Tropicana Hotel sure. between two buildings at the Jockey Club in 1999. I mean, this is a guy who is just getting launched. And when you think about it, like oh. he, he died of pan- pancreatic cancer. That's so sad. Not of falling to his death like you would, you would expect. Assume. Right? Yeah. Like he's he, every single thing, but he's done, I mean, he crash landed and he has all of these really great things. They just don't make him like this anymore. He was like, well, his dad was like the original influencer. Like, you know, this is what I'm doing. And but back in those days when you were younger, if you remember, if, at least for us, I remember there's only like five news channels, first of all, right? <laughs> like you can only, you have a big humongous television with rabbit ears on the things <laughs> just to try to get it. You've got, you're, you're coming in and out of all of this interesting, weird stuff. Yes. And you watched everything. You watched it, everything. Whatever. And yeah. this was on primetime television Absolutely. we waited like the countdown begins evil Knievel is going to attempt to jump over 25 cars or whatever he was going to do what was the something in idaho the gorge he jumped yes that. the thing is he didn't always he wasn't successful <laughs> no, he wasn't always successful and that was probably the allure right we were right. waiting for him to crash that but i just sense. remember as a young child watching this and thinking wow 
Yeah. That is amazing. Look at this guy. Look at this guy go. I mean, so for his his son his who son. followed in his footsteps, sure. passed away, I just wanted to give a little shout out to Robbie Knievel because your dad was a big influence on mm-hmm. me. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a big influence on him as well. Mm-hmm. And so rest in peace. Oh, I didn't even, I, we're looking at two very separate lists because yeah. I don't have Robbie on my list. Yeah. And I didn't. I would have never guessed he was 60. Because I remember him as a little kid. I know. He was at a lot of his dad's events. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a good looking man too. Yeah. And when he got to be, you know, in his prime and everything. And so, yeah, it was it's sad. Yeah. yeah, that is sad. Pancreatic cancer is the worst. Um, all right, moving back into the music industry. We lost David Crosby. I know. Mm. I was going to talk about him too. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, David Crosby. Uh, he was 81 years old. Mm-hmm. He was a singer songwriter, founding member of The Birds. And of course, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Uh, his death, it is not been published what he died of. But yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. He was uh, at two time inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. His wife did say that he'd had a long illness. So there's that. Um, also, there's a statement here from his former bandmate, Graham Nash. He, re- they, the thing about David Crosby is he had a, in quotes, volatile relationship with almost everyone he worked with. Really? No one was a big fan of David Crosby. And I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but if you worked with him, you thought he was a bit of a jerk. Oh. These are from interviews that I've heard. Graham Nash is the nicest of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said, Crosby had lashed out at me publicly recently, just within the past two hmm. years. But... Um, he said that it was pure joy making music with him, and that's all that mattered. This is Graham Nash, like a class act. Crosby is like saying bad things in the press about him. He's like, it was pure joy making music with this guy. David was fearless in life and in music. He leaves behind a tremendous void as far as a sheer personality and a talent in this world. He spoke his mind, his heart, and his passion through his beautiful music and leaves an incredible legacy. These are the things that matter the most. That is a class act. And again, that was Graham Nash. So rest in peace, David Crosby. Some amazing, amazing music. I never saw him in concert, um, but of course he was like, they, the, one of my favorite songs the birds covered in 1964 Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man I'm going to go back for a little more ba- uh, blast from the past yes, I can please. say that right yeah, you can do it I can do it I can it. do it yeah. um, Laverne and Shirley who which one Cindy Williams Cindy Williams she dies at 80, 75 in January she was 75 she was 75 that's not that old so after Cindy Williams who played the upbeat Shirley to Penny Marshall's gruff Laverne in the hit 70s TV show Laverne and Shirley died Mm-mm. I hops and pepper incorporated <laughs> yes you what, bust out what, with that what is it how does it go um Shamil Shamazel Hops and Pepper Corporated. I never knew what that was. I don't. It's the it's it, the brewery. That it's they the brewery at. that they worked for. Oh, so if you if you can go back and look at some YouTube's of Laverne and Shirley, it's good, clean fun, silliness. Cindy Williams, though, that was where she had her claim to fame. But she went on and she did so many more things. She was um, quite a trailblazer, actually, as far as um, doing different things in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. In, in 1982, Williams, she ended up suing Paramount Uh-oh. TV. Why? And producer Gary Marshall, Penny's brother, mm-hmm. so her co- her co 
person yep. for 20 million allegedly they went back on a deal to accommodate her pregnancy mm-hmm. and to still pay her for the 75000 75, per episode which was a large amount of money That's back in the day huge amount of money um, plus a piece of the profits. Yep. Um, they settled out of court, and the actors and the actresses reconciled before mm. her death. Oh, that's before good. Penny's death before, in 2018. Yeah, she died a while ago. Yeah, she. Um, so anyway, it, it's one of those things. She's from my past. Mm. She was one of those people who were very influential. And rest in peace. Moving back into the music industry, one of my favorites, and even if you don't think you know who he is, you know his music, Burt Bacharach. Oh my gosh, he was 94. He was 94 years old. And he just died of natural causes. He (sighs) just kind of went to bed and didn't get up. I had an opportunity to interview Burt Bacharach years ago. He was a big supporter of PBS. Mm -hmm. He came in and did a fundraiser, and I got to sit at the piano with him for a few minutes. And he just noodled. And oh my gosh he was a lovely lovely that's amazing person. yeah um you know a Burt Bacharach song as soon as it comes on and mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not a music person but you know what I'm saying right sing it for us not yes please. <laughs> all the podcasts get turned off immediately but what the world needs now is love sweet love mm-hmm. and walk on mm-hmm. by he said mm-hmm. Burt Bacharach said mm-hmm. once you're going to continue? No, but no, I just I, had I to say it when it. you did that. You can't resist it, no. right? He said that Dionne Warwick was his kind of his muse, oh. that he liked her interpretation of his music. That's awesome. Which is lovely because his, his songs sung by her are amazing. He won eight Grammys. He um, won the Broadway Composer of the Year for Promises, Promises, which I don't know what that is. He's also a three-time Oscar winner. Two Academy Awards in 1970, the score to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, one of my husband's favorite movies, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Oh my gosh. When I was in fourth grade, we had a a student teacher who came, who would come into our class. He was learning how to, you know, be a teacher. So he was with us for a good portion of the year and he had a guitar. He was a hippie and he'd bring his guitar and he would play that song. So we all learned how to sing Mm. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head and, um... He was also married to uh, Carol Bayer Sager, and they together won um, The Best That You Can Do, which was the theme from Arthur. You know? Wow. You remember that? Yes. I mean, any, any, anything he touched was amazing. He also uh, did the soundtrack to What's New Pussycat, mm-hmm. Alfie, and mm-hmm. Casino Real from 1967, the original James wow. Bond Casino Real. So he was absolutely one of the greats. He sang at the White House. He was constantly, every president loved him. He was always invited to the White House. And um, yeah, just one of the greats. So uh, rest in peace, Burt Bacharach. He lived a long, great life. Tons of stuff to look back on with Burt Bacharach. And um, yeah, rest in peace. That is, it brings back memories. Mm -hmm. And it really makes you think, wow, what's the world going to do without somebody that talented? Truly, because he just kept putting out hits and putting out hits. Also, not that this is an advertisement, but earlier in the year, he partnered with Elvis Costello. And I don't have this in front of me, so I'm trying to just remember it off the top. I think it was a double disc, so that's a ton of songs, where Elvis Costello and some friends came in and did their interpretation of Burt Bacharach songs. So it's an updated version, so go check it out online. I'm sure there's 
I'm sure it's available and it's very cool. So I'm going to say this name and probably a lot of our listeners won't know who this is, but this woman to me was I think probably because in my household, my father would talk about this woman constantly Uh when she was at her prime, Raquel Welch. (gasps) She's so gorgeous. She was very beautiful. She was a bombshell. She was crazy. She was, she is gorgeous. Look her up. She died on February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day at age 82. Oh. So she lived a very nice life, Mm -hmm. but she was one of those, Again, back in the 60s, mm-hmm. when I think it, it's a different, sex symbols aren't what they used to be. No. Right? Like, we, we're we glad for that, I think. Right. Because the reason that they became sex symbols was because men decided to market them yeah. that way, and that's how who they were. They were horribly objectified. They were, ho- yeah. They it were, was not cool. It was not great, Mm-mm. okay? But um, Raquel, she was, um, well, she was... Uh, one of those women who um, she became an international sex symbol, um, but went on to star in the 1981 musical Woman of the Year mm-hmm. on Broadway, replacing vacationing um, Lauren Bacall. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lauren, mm-hmm. that was a bad mistake, honey. Yeah. 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 She said, the irony of all of this is even though people thought of me as a sex symbol, in reality, I was a single mother of two small children, she wrote in her biography. Wow. It's kind of funny because... And I've heard other people talk about her that she never felt as though she was vavoom, right? What? Really? No, I don't she think She never so. saw herself as, I, as sexy. Again, like she saw herself as I'm a mom of two kids trying to put food on the table. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like right. whatever it's going to take. Right. I got to do that, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, she died of cardiac arrest is what she was, she died of. Mm-hmm. Um, her breakout role was this campy prehistoric flick called one million years bc if you remember that it is so cheesy and so ridiculous it is but she said i just thought it was a goofy dinosaur epic and we'd be able to sweep it under the carpet one day oh no she told the the (laughs) associated press wrong it Mm -mm. turned out it it was the bo derrick of the season i was the bo derrick of the season she said the lady on the with the loincloth about whom everyone said my god what a bod yeah, that's yeah. what, and and that was the thing. Raquel Welch had the body yep. that everybody wanted. Yep, you looked at her and you were just like, wow, blown away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, um, her curves and beauty captured pop culture attention with Playboy crowning, crowning her the most desired woman in the seventies. Mm. Uh huh. I get it. Despite never being completely naked in the magazine, uh-huh. I like it. I mean, in two thousand thirteen, she graced the number two spot on Men's Health Hottest Women of All Time list, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, she is. Um, she is one of those women who they don't make them like that no, anymore, no, no, right? No, no. So I just wanted to do a little shout out to her. She was married and divorced um, four times. Mm-hmm. Um, she was survived by two children. Uh, staying in the acting realm, in March, we lost an actor named Tom Sizemore. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Tom Sizemore is? You would know him if you saw him. He was a great character actor. He was in a ton of stuff. He was in Saving Private Ryan. Um he was 61 years old and he led a very very troubled life he mm-hmm. couldn't handle the uh all the perks that came with hollywood like drugs and uh-huh. prostitutes he was <laughs> well he and heidi fleiss 
the oh. world's most famous madam, mm-hmm. were together for quite a long time. Um, he died of a brain aneurysm um. in Burbank. I mean, please, Denise. You don't want to. If die I in get Burbank. sick, don't take me to Burbank. I'm not going to. Not that there's anything wrong with Burbank, but it's like that's not what you want on your. Mm-mm. Um, he had two twin boys, Jaden and Jagger. They were 17 years old oh. earlier this year. Uh, they were right there by his side. Um, so he did. He had suffered a brain aneurysm a few days previous, and then it became critical, and he passed from that. Here's the thing about Tom Sizemore. Any scene that he was in, he stole the scene. So anytime you are watching Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, maybe, um, what else was he in? Witness Protection which is a little less known, but he did win a Golden Globe from that one. My favorite movie with Tom Sizemore is a movie called Heat, and it's with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Val Kilmer. And you're like, well, there's so many great people in that movie. Mm -hmm. Any scene that Tom Sizemore is in, you can't take your eyes off him. He was magical. And it might be because he was a little kooky. He Mm -hmm. was a little crazy. But at the same time, he was such a great actor. I just loved him. He got into a lot of trouble off screen. There's a story about him um, beating up J-Lo's ex-husband, that that one dude, Mark Anthony. They were on a set together and he he wouldn't stop smoking. Uh, Mark Anthony wouldn't stop smoking. And Tom Sizemore was like, everyone (laughs) is suffering because of your smoking. And he told the story on Howard Stern. I had to pull the car over. I was laughing so hard. I was crying because he was so crazy. He was just like, well, he wasn't doing what everyone was asking him to do. So I had to step in and tell him how it was going to be. And he literally, if you've seen Mark Anthony, he's like 98 pounds dripping wet. Tom Sizemore was a big man. He was tall, but he was also like beefy. And he, he just took him down. And I, like I said, I was laughing so hard. I was crying because he, because Tom Sizemore was, he was a bit of a kook. And it was, anyway, that was probably what fueled his great acting as well as his personal problems. But anyway, he was, he, he will be missed because anytime he was on screen, amazing. So rest in peace and, uh, you know, sadness and our hearts go out to those two boys. But their mom is front and center in the picture. I read a lot about her and she's all about it. So good. Well, um, again, from my past, and this is a person that I would never have known about because he was not, he was behind the scenes. His name was Lloyd Morissette. Who's that? I know. Alanis Morissette's dad? It's not. Oh. He's with the co-creator of Sesame Street. No. What? How do I not know that? I know. <laughs> PBS. Hello. PBS. I know. Oh. He he died in January of this last year. The interesting thing that I wanted to bring up was Sesame Street still is alive and well. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that was so above and beyond the time for Sesame Street was the fact that these the, these founders of Sesame Street were really emphasizing that they wanted to make sure that they were into equity a long time ago is what I'm trying to Inclusion say. From Inclusion from Inclusion from mm-hmm. the get-go. Mm-hmm. They saw a need that people in inner cities and people with less than were not getting the same education. They were not getting the same opportunities to learn. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to start on a, on a at a young level with this. So they went and met with Harvard University developmental psychologists um, Gerald Lester to build the show's unique approach to teaching that now reaches over 120 million children. So they went into that. Um, it's shown in more than 150 countries, mm-hmm. has won 193 Emmys, 10 mm-hmm. Grammys, and in 2019 received the Kennedy Center's honor for a lifetime artistic 
achievement. I love it. That's the first time a television program got the award. I love it. So Big Bird basically strolled onto the stage. Oh, Did you ever see this? I never saw it's that. It's so cute. He walked on and accepted He walked it? down the aisle and basically sat down on Tom Hanks' lap. It's I love so everything about Sesame Street. I do too. Oh. I do too. Again, it brings back, I remember sitting, I remember my parents telling me, you need to watch this, mm-hmm. right? And I'm watching this and mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. And it was like a tradition every morning, I'm watching Sesame Street. Absolutely. It was awesome. This He was born in 1929 oh. and he was initially trained as a teacher with a background in psychology, sure. which I thought was interesting because he really utilized all of this. He became an experimental educator looking for... For new ways to educate children for less from less dis, less advantaged backgrounds mm-hmm. um he received his bachelor's um in psychology and did graduate work at ucla in psychology mm. and he earned his doctorate in experimental psychology at yale university that's interesting yeah um so it was one of those things he says um, the germ of sesame street was sown over a dinner party in 1966 when he met the co-founder cooney Mm -hmm. um he said she he just wanted to make sure he said i said joan do you think television could be used to teach young children and her answer was i don't know but i'd like to talk about it oh so back then that was so revolutionary right now we have everything we have you know all of these there is a huge market for children, children's learning now. Mm-hmm. Sesame Street kicked it off. Basically, it they the were beginning. it. So yeah. anyway, I just thought, oh, that was a genius move. He was a genius in his own right. He and was. rest in peace. Rest in peace. And so progressive at that time. Totally. Late 60s. Absolutely. And you're taking it to this little, let's put it in a neighborhood and use creatures so that people don't get offended by, you know, there's someone that's different than me. And and they also had a little bit of everything, right? Everybody was there. And then as it got some momentum, which wasn't long, every star Mm -hmm. known to man wanted to be on that. James Taylor. Have you ever seen that? I mean, that's a classic. Yeah. You go on there and everybody that was worth something in Hollywood wanted Mm. to be on the set of Sesame Street. I worked at the PBS station at BYU. So at a very young age, I was 19 years old, I'm the receptionist, and what did we have playing on a loop in that lobby? Mm -hmm. Sesame Street. So I've seen them all. Nora Jones singing, I don't know why you didn't call, and a Y comes out. (laughs) The letter Y. Yeah, that's so awesome. As she's at the piano, and then she changed the words, I don't know why, why didn't call. (laughs) And the Y standing there just rocking back and, forth. back and forth. You can picture it, right? Totally. It's amazing. Yeah, they were genius over there at Sesame Street. So, oh man, just totally changed changed my life, that's for sure. So rest in peace. We're going to talk about another life-changing person, but not in a positive way. Um, does the word, does the name Robert Blake ring a bell? Oh, oh that guy. He died in March of uh, 2023. Uh, he was 89 years. He was 89 years old he looked so old he looked 89 when he was in his 60s yeah he aged he was originally known um for his he got a start as a as a child actor in our gang the our game comedies which were their adorable black and whites that you can still access today and then the pinnacle of his career he won an emmy for beretta which was a he was a detective um and he had a parrot (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah there was that whole thing he but was quirky and he was funky yeah. and that was it was you know it was pretty but again, cool we used to watch that we every watch time Beretta. it was on yeah every week once a week because we you would. didn't get to do any kind of 
recording. No, no, no. You had to sit and watch it. You had to sit and watch it. It was great. It was good times. And it, it was actually a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. Off camera, though, is where he really like hit his stride. He um, was acquitted of murdering his wife, yeah. Bonnie Lee Bakley. <laughs> It was so high profile, I won't go into the details. If you were alive on this earth at that time, you heard about it. They went to Vitello's Italian restaurant up in the valley. This is Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And um, he went back into the uh, restaurant to retrieve his gun that he had left there. And while he was in there, someone came up to the car and shot Bonnie Lee Bakley, who was the mother of his daughter and he had married under strange circumstances like i said not going to get into the details we could do an entire podcast on it he wanted her gone and it was pretty well known yeah he got acquitted yeah so and that was controversial it was super controversial because it was one of those charles manson things like well he didn't pull a trigger we can't prove that he did there's no hard evidence of anything so but everyone knows he did it so, yeah, I anyway. mean, it was in the the court of public opinion, Ugh. he was guilty for sure. It was over for him. And then he went on Larry King mm. in a weird cowboy hat and like kissed Larry King on the mouth. It, it's just... It was weird. Well, speaking about kind of wacky and crazy things, Jerry Springer died. <sighs> I mean... I loved Jerry Springer so much. I love Jerry Springer. When it first came out, it was it, right? Oh, like it was, it was it. so good. He, the former Cincinnati mayor, mayor hmm. who presided over the television's most notorious tabloid talk show, he was known for having to bleep out in profanity. Yep. He would have fights. Mm-hmm. They'd have to blur out nudity because sure. people would strip and they yep. would do all kinds of crazy things. Yep. He did die. Um, he was he was also a lawyer. Yes, he was um, very bright. He's a very bright man. He had survived a prostitution scandal, yes, which did. I forgot about. Yeah. As he and he served uh, served as the Cincinnati mayor and worked on this em, an Emmy winning local news anchor before launching his namesake talk show in 1991. Was that 91? Yes, the Jerry Springer Show. Oh my gosh. It went on air to syndication for 27 seasons. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things. He, I you know it was a little bit by the end of it to me. It became kind of yucky. It was problematic. But yeah. then again, we have Maury Povich and we have all these other people doing the same kind of thing mm-hmm. because it makes a lot of money and people like it. And I don't know, like the lowest of the low goes on there and exploits their dirty laundry. Oh, yeah. And it's just this whole thing. We didn't know. I don't mean to sound like I'm coming into the defense of all of us, but in 91, we didn't know better. This is the first time we'd seen anything like that, and it was amazing. Now, and listen to this. Episodes bore titles like Threesomes with Grandma. Who won't turn in for that? I Married a Horse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did she is uh like yeah yeah it's just all of those kinds of things and the and audience was crazy the audience would stand up and scream and you know be shouting at you and oh it was amazing he did try to defend himself by saying that he provided post-show counseling for participants who needed it mm. although by his account things usually didn't usually ended by all of his accounts things ended up well oh, sure. on the show sure, you know sure, sure, sure. after guests were corralled back to their seats and it shuffled was, off stage and 
A lot of it was for show. Yeah. And then he had a bodyguard that was right there just off to the side. Mm-hmm. He'd stand off set just a little bit, but sometimes you could see him because he'd have to run onto the stage. He was a big kind of bald like former Marine, and he has his own show now, the Steve Wilco show. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Him. That is who it is. He that's got his start with Jerry that's Springer. That's right. Yeah. He's a little bit off-putting for me. I don't He's like very that very off-putting. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, But one of the things that he said, he said that television is canned and restricted to van- a vanilla view of life. Mm. And that's why he wanted to bring this kind of thing to everybody's attention. Like, <laughs> not everyone's living in a picket fence and, you know, has 2.3 kids and is, you know, wearing kitten heels and drinking a martini and the husband goes off to work and comes home and everyone's happy no but he was also a smut peddler he was exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so anyway rest in peace rest, rest in, in peace, peace. Jerry springer uh another one that we lost was the classic rock and roll legend tina turner i know she was 83 and looked better than i look right now uh, she looked better than i looked when i was 23 her legs come on come on those things were, I mean, they're a national treasure. Let's just be real. She was absolutely a national treasure. She uh, put up with being married to Ike Turner, which mm-hmm. from all accounts was, uh, he talked about problematic, my goodness. Um, after she divorced him, though, she went on to reinvent herself again, just a powerhouse. She won eight Grammys. I know. Eight Grammys. What's love got to do with it? We don't need another hero. Uh, she's got a movie that was made after her 93 it's also called what's love got to do with it loved tina turner saw her in concert and she did not disappoint i never saw her in concert but i would have loved to do you know that her real name wasn't tina turner oh it wasn't what was her real name ann may bullock oh she had to change that she had to you can't be (laughs) i mean you look at her now and you're like she is tina turner she's tina turner they did a good job on that name because it totally fit her i think ike had something to do with that it, it might be. Yeah, and which is, I don't want to give him any credit for anything. I know, but, it, but it, that's how their relationship started, yeah. was he was her manager and... Producer and... Kind of a pimp, basically, basically, is kind of what he ended up being. He yeah. thought he was. He, he thought, thought he, he had was liberties a, that he could do whatever he wanted. He thought he was a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, um, yeah, she really pulled herself up out of that, and yeah, I, love I love that. It, so. I love the fact that when you would go watch her, and I know people who saw her later mm-hmm. in life, mm-hmm. when she was in her 70s. Sure. Knocked it out of the park. Just killed it. Like Just running around that stage. It. Like the, she was not out of breath. She was singing, running in high heels and a mini skirt. I love the fact that she found <laughs> happiness late, later in life. Like Me she too. didn't live a horrible life the entire time. It was, you know, she got rid of that guy and went on to marry someone who she loved. And uh, they, I think they lived in Switzerland. She had a great life. She deserved it. She really did. Back to the music world. And... Back, I mean, back in the day, I mean, this guy, Harry Belafonte. Now, some people will not recognize this man. He died in April at the age of 96. He was 96. He was 96. Oh, my gosh, bro. He did. He is, well, first of all, he was considered an entertainer Mm -hmm. and an activist. He was very active in being an activist. Um, He wrote the song, The Banana Boat. Oh, yeah. And Deo. 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 Mm-hmm. Daylight come and we want to go home. Oh my gosh, take that out. No. Oh yes. We're leaving it in. But he was known for, he basically took his fortune mm-hmm. to help bankroll the civil rights movement at home and mm-hmm. human rights causes worldwide. Mm-hmm. 
He died at his Manhattan home at the age of 96. Mr. Belafonte was born to Jamaican immigrants, and he grew up in poverty in the Depression era in Harlem. He became a major black crossover success in popular music. And I say we say that now, and people don't understand mm. how important that was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it is now. Mm-mm. And there's still a huge divide in issues. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's not. Right. But I what I'm saying is, when you look at this man, where he came from, mm-hmm. not only is he an immigrant, but mm-hmm. now he is he's coming out of poverty, out of mm-hmm. Harlem. Oh, yeah. Um, he broke barriers. Yeah, he did. It was huge. He went on smash series of ba- barriers during five decades uh, as a movie, TV, and stage star. Mm. First of all, he's a very good looking man. I was man. just going to say, you can't overlook the fact that he was beautiful. And his voice. Oh, smooth. So gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Yeah. His artistic and humanitarian work frequently overlapped, reflecting his belief that, and this was in quotes, the role of art isn't just to show life as it is, but to show life as it should be. Mm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. To show life as it should as be. As it should be, yeah. Yeah. So um, he was a confidant, confidant of the Reverend Martin Luther King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent years as a liaison between civil rights movement and the entertainment capitals of Hollywood and New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm sure trying to get what was rightfully a piece of the pie for these people. Yeah, introduce uh, more African Americans to the big screen. He was um, who was the guy that was in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? That was um, Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. and they I know they had he had a lot to do with with him and his career. And yeah, he was an activist to the end. He was a big promoter of this, and the reason that this happened was uh, he was fighting and promoting the anti-apartheid struggle in South Africa oh, that's right. and the famine relief through efforts such as we are the world yeah he was part of that that. whole we are the world oh i Mm -hmm. could just start singing again yeah Mm -hmm. yeah he sharply rebuked american presidents democrats and republicans as not doing enough to end squalor in the united states and end conflicts abroad he was so opinionated and i did like the fact that he was loyal to no one it's like either you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong according to the world of harry belafonte Mm -hmm. and he would just come at people uh, leaders and just be like no you're like really whose side are you on he's like no one's i'm on the side of right i'm on the side of people yeah. and we want to change and we don't like what's going on he was the first black man to win a tony award on broadway what the first for, mm-hmm, for his interpretation of american and caribbean folk music in the 1953 uh review john murray anderson's almanac Fifty-three, mm-hmm. he won a Tony. <laughs> Six years later, he was the first African American producer to receive an Emmy Emmy Award for "Tonight with the Belafonte," wow. a CBS special that presented a history of Black America through m- music. Whoa! Yep, those were those were racially charged times. Look at him. His album Calypso was yes. sold more than one million copies, making him a brief rival to Elvis Presley on yep. the pop music charts. Yes, Calypso That's was cool. amazing. It's it a great is. album. It is a great album. Oh. You still would love it. Yeah. So he was just a powerhouse in mm-hmm. so many ways. I'm not a super big fan of stars using their star power to promote things. Well, especially now. You're like, please. I feel like it's changed. It has changed. And I think because there's more of a voice and it's more in your face. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I 
I, I do appreciate this person and looking back on what he has done and how he's done it mm-hmm. because it did make a huge difference it for did. people. Yeah, it absolutely did. So, wow. Harry Belafonte. Uh, a favorite actor of mine passed in June, Alan Arkin. Oh, yes. Little Miss Sunshine is might be what he's best known for. I don't know. He was 89 years old. He was nominated for uh, three. Again, 89. He was 89. He lived a long, a uh-huh. good long life. He won the Academy Award for Little Miss Sunshine so as Best Supporting Actor. So that might be why he's he's known for that but he was nominated for three other oscars he started in a ton of movies he had a really long career um my favorite well he was in edward scissorhands i don't know if you love that movie or not i people, don't people either love it or hate it i don't love it i don't love it either he was in glengarry glenn ross with uh alec baldwin uh-huh. uh my favorite though was argo i don't know if you've ever seen argo with ben affleck it's the true story of getting the uh hostages out of iran yes. back in the day yes and he plays a real fun, very interesting part that's based on uh, people that actually existed. Mm-hmm. He was such a great ask- actor. So, um, also, he was on Chicago Hope a lot. If anybody loved Chicago Hope, I was never a fan of that series, but he had recurring roles on that. Well, I'm going to switch gears completely. Do it. To a man by the name of Pat Robertson. Oh, Pat. Hallelujah, brother. Again, back in the day, (laughs) this was big. I know that TV evangelists are still a big thing. A lot of people have kind of utilized that as their religion. I guess. It's not my scene. No. I don't really appreciate it Mm -mm. because of kind of behind the scenes of what we've learned. Oh, my God. But I think Pat Robertson was one of the good ones. Was he? I don't know. Was he better than the others? I I mean, exploiting and taking money from people to me mm-hmm. on the level that some of these people have done over the years is kind of, to me, bad. Mm-hmm. It's not my scene. I, I don't like it. Don't either. I feel bad. Grandma's watching it in her house in Kentucky. She hears Pat Robertson. She's going to send him all her money. I don't like any of Kentucky. that. Kentucky. I'm Try just saying. LA. I know. I had a grandma that did that all the time. I'm like, really? grandma. It wasn't Pat Robertson. It was the Baptist preacher. And there were many. But yeah, sending him money. It's like, really? Well, he, Pat Robertson was one. Uh, he was a Baptist preacher. Oh, maybe it was him. Who at- attracted a worldwide following as a religious broadcaster. He built a business empire from his headquarters in Virginia Beach and helped create a powerful political movement of religious conservatives as the founder of the Christian Coalition. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And again, to me, that's controversial. Mm. I don't really love that personally, but okay, it's whatever anybody wants. He to was do. a TV evangelist. He, he was doing his thing, and and he he had influence. He did in a way that I don't know if I agree with or disagree. It's just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christian Broadcasting Network, which Reverend Robertson founded, announced the death and provided the cause. He was. Um, he, but they did not provide a cause. I'm sorry. They didn't say why he died. He was 93. He was 93. Yeah. I mean, again, who knows? But right. um, he um, he was influential on in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, he, if you ever watch television, a lot of times they would bring him on to ask his opinion on some of these conservative yeah. news channels. Oh, he was on. He made the rounds. He really did. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a advocate for presidents. I mean, mm-hmm. he would go there and give them. He was like the White House spokesperson for religion sometimes mm. for some of the Republican sides of there. And so he had a multi-million dollar empire. Um, he built his business empire that brought in more than 300 million a year at its height. 100 million. Ah, 
Seems yeah. wrong, but all right. He expanded his mission to educate in the late 1970s, founding CBN, the university later um, renamed Regent University in Virginia Beach, um, which aimed at training Christian leaders to change the world. Okay. That's what his his goal was. So mm. he died. Um, I don't think they make him like this anymore either. Uh, well, because it's not acceptable, really. Exactly. He would, no one would be like, let's go turn on the TV. And it just is, it's a different world. It's a di- like grateful that it's a different world in this case right <laughs> super happy yeah. yeah yeah i don't love it um going back to the music industry very sad death in june oh, i'm sorry in july of this last year was sinead o'connor i know now sinead o'connor is probably best known for her song nothing compares to you which was written by prince he wrote it specifically for her i forgot about that yeah yeah and her interpretation of it was magical that was I loved that song so much. Nothing she released compares to you. <laughs> I had to let that happen. It's so good. It's such a good song. She had 10 studio albums. I don't know any of them, but she might be best known. And I don't know if you were there when this happened in 92. She was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. She sang that song. And then at the end of the song, she pulled out a picture of Pope John Paul II and oh. tore it up on live TV. Yeah, she did not like the Catholic Church. She was very outspoken <laughs> about the Catholic Church and their stance on abortion and legal abortion and birth control and a host of other things. Um, she was very open about her mental health struggles. Uh, she had she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. She talked a lot about suicide both publicly and privately and it was very is she was a very complicated mm-hmm. person yeah so anyway we lost her in july uh i don't i didn't do any research because i kind of don't want to know um cause of death i don't you don't know if it was suicide i'm just gonna presume it was she lost her son to suicide um oh. not long previous and it was it really affected her a lot but she she struggled but the thing i admire about her is that she wasn't afraid to you're gonna take on the catholic church i'm telling you lauren michaels the producer and head boomba of uh, saturday night live was not happy when she did that when she tore up the picture of the pope and she was never to be invited again and sure. it, it was a whole thing because it was like wait, wait honey this is american television no one said that that was okay and the pope also in countries other than ours is a very political figure and you know to be irish catholic i guess was something that we couldn't 100 percent understand so everyone was like what is she doing when i say everyone i mean me it was like <laughs> no i think everyone did. it was like it was it it turned who she was it it changed exactly who she was to the to the public eye yeah i remember how controversial that was i'm not catholic Mm-mm. but to me it was a disrespect you just don't do that well yeah and to her it was like you have no idea the power that the catholic church is wielding over its parishioners and she's suffered i mean i think she had been molested at the hands of a priest i think there where was a lot of stuff happening and the catholic church kind of in mass turned their back on her which the catholic church is known for taking a bad priest and not punishing them but maybe putting them elsewhere and i think that she had had enough she had enough of it and she was calling them out and i'm telling you to take on some the monster of the catholic church give me a break no i mean i don't agree with it necessarily but i also didn't walk in her shoes no absolutely not and it's like what could have happened that would make you do that especially in 92 now it's like oh everyone's screaming about everything in 92 
I, I thought she was going to get locked up and imprisoned. It was nuts. People did not appreciate it. Nope. Um, the truth about what was going on with the priest had not really come out. That didn't come out until recently. Right. She didn't talk about that until recently. So it, there was no context. Right. For what her experience had been with the Catholic Church. So everyone was like, what are you doing? When actually maybe if she had a guy had gotten out in front of it, it might. Not to victim blame. I don't mean to blame her. Exactly. I'm just saying we were all confused yeah. and with good reason because right. we didn't know. So yeah. now that we know, we can appreciate it a little bit more. A little bit more. Understand it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, rest in peace. I yeah. mean, again, that music is so Amazing. haunting and, and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So do you remember the name Marty Croft? <gasps> Seals and Crofts. That was Saturday nope. morning, man. Yeah. Not Seals C- and Crofts. No, S- Sid. Sid Croft. Yes. yes. Sid Croft. Yes. Yeah. So Marty Croft mm-hmm. and Sid Croft, his brother, um, are best known. He partnered with his older brother, Sid, to become the king of Saturday morning television in the Nixon era and beyond, producing trippy, off-kilter children's shows. <laughs> yes. And I say that because, I say the word trippy because it <laughs> kind of is now that you Ooh. look back on it, but H.R. Puffin stuff. Oh, yeah. And Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Again, I woke up in the, I woke up specifically to watch that. Yes. H.R. Puffin stuff was, H.R. Puffin stuff, you can't get a little if you can't get enough. <laughs> I don't know how it goes exactly, but since I'm, a sing- right. since I'm singing today, I just mm-hmm. thought I'd entertain you a little bit more. There were these big, huge creatures in almost like puppet-like outfits, but they were larger than life. There were people in the outfits, yeah. Yeah, there That's were people in the outfits, yeah. but they were huge. They were, they were bigger than normal people. They, they were, were yeah, yeah. H.R. Puff and stuff. Anyway, um, he died. It, it, the cause of death was kidney failure. Oh. Yep, yep. How old was he, though? I he mean, was um, he was old. Yeah. He was 86. Okay, yeah. He lived I, a long life. Yeah, he lived a long life. Um, Can I just make a suggestion that anyone who grew up on H.R. Puff and stuff might be thinking they were doing acid when they came up with those characters? <laughs> it said for a few years in the late 1960s and early 70s, Mr. Croft and Sid created an entire universe of short-lived, brightly colored children's shows, typically featuring addictive songs, oversized puppet heads, and anthropomorphic creatures ranging from a gooey-eyed marine critter in Sigmund and the Sea Monster. Loved it, yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. To an owl with a medical license in H.R. Puffin stuff. An owl with a medical license? Is that what you said? I didn't realize he had a medical license. I remember the owl. I remember the owl. I remember H.R. Puffin stuff. I remember him. Yeah. I didn't know he had a medical license. No. It didn't matter to me. It doesn't matter at all. I was a kid. It was so fun. It was so magical. The fanciful subject matters along with its names like Puffin Stuff, which some older viewers interpreted as a reference to marijuana. I don't think that's wrong. Generated endless speculation (laughs) that Mr. Croft and his brother were in altered states while devising the show. I don't mean to pat myself (laughs) on the back, but am I right or am I right? Mr. Croft insisted there were no drugs involved. No, I'd say that too. We're bizarre, that's all, he they, once said. They might have been. But acknowledged that the show he worked on were often far less gentle than Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, they were sort of in response to those shows, and it, it was it, things got weird. He said, with a little bit of pride, I would say, we screwed with every kid's mind. <laughs> For real. <laughs> they did. <laughs> there was an edgy, there was an edge. Disney didn't have that kind of edge. Exactly. We did. Yeah. So, I mean, he was very creative. Yeah. He was pushing the boundaries. Loved him. And he was allowed to do that. And I appreciate it. And yeah, I think it's fun. awesome. And so, again, here we are. My childhood 
is coming to an end. <laughs> it's a little sad. It is a little sad. HR Puff and stuff. May you rest in peace, Marty Croft. Also, fast forward to <laughs> I don't know how many decades later, um, Will Ferrell made the movie Land of the Lost. It didn't, I don't know that it did that well, but mm-hmm. if you revisit that thing, if you're just ready for some dumb fun on a Saturday night, you got nothing better to do, watch that movie. It is laugh out loud it's funny. funny. It's funny. funny. So that was, but the Croft brothers got all the credit for that. They they were the uh, producers and the consultants on that movie because it was, it was their idea. So uh, another really big loss to our childhood, Paul Rubens. Who? Uh-oh. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Paul Rubens is? Well, he's better so. known as Pee Wee Herman. <gasps> That's oh, I, yep. The name sounded familiar, but I did not realize. Yeah. He died in July at the age of 70 from acute hypoxic respiratory failure. I don't know what that means. Seems bad. It seems, well, it's clearly it's going to kill you. But he did a bunch of films. He did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He did uh, Big Top Pee Wee, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Um, he starred in Saturday morning kid shows. It was the P- it was Pee Wee's Playhouse, and that ran from eighty six to ninety on CBS. But his career, of course, as they do, was uh, infamously derailed in ninety one when he was arrested for indecent exposure at an adult movie theater. That is the problem when you have these kind of things, high profile problems like the Sinead O'Connor's. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're that's what you're known for for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, it is. He's really suffered the slings and arrows because he was so talented. If you ever saw him interviewed, his ability to go between Pee Wee and Paul Rubens, he was really such a talented comedian. And it is too bad that he, that he that's what you remember. He got pigeonholed too, but people I don't who, think he minded it that much. I don't think so either because it, it he's, I mean, he started in movies. Yeah. Oh, he was in Peter's Playhouse. I yeah. mean, he did all of these things, and people who knew him. Yep. But when he passed, mm-hmm. people said great things about him. Oh, he was like I said earlier. He was like an actor's actor. The actors who knew him, the comedians who knew him, loved him. So it wasn't just the community and the you know movie watchers and whatever. Who there are so many loyal fans of his. It was very sad when he died. Um, but yeah, he was he was quite a talent and it is unfortunate you make one wrong move and all of a sudden that's all you're going to be known as really i know there's no need for that it's hard it's tough well we had to say goodbye to the mayor of margaritaville (gasps) jimmy buffett jimmy jimmy buffett when i heard that he 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 died he died at age 76 Mm -hmm. um in september and when i heard that i thought that is that is an end of an era. It is. It really is. Jimmy Buffett was a singer and songwriter. He was well known as the mayor of Margaritaville, mm-hmm. the mythical paradise of tropical breezes, frozen cocktails, and laid back <laughs> escapism that mm-hmm. inspired his greatest hits and fostered a hugely successful branding and business empire. Mm-hmm. He died in Sag Harbor on New York's Long Island at age 76. Mm. That made me sad. Yeah. I wanted him not to die in... Long Island. Long Island? I wanted him to die in paradise. You want him to die in Key West in yes, Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. For the last four years, he had um, Merkel cell carcinoma. Ooh. Okay. And an aggressive form of skin cancer, according to his official website. Mm-hmm. Um, That's too bad. 
loved him. He was a frustrated, originally he was a frustrated Nashville country artist. Oh. He found his uh, muse when he moved to Key West, Florida Mm -hmm. in the spring of 1972, leaving behind a failed marriage and stalled career. Surrounded by blue water, he donned Hawaiian shirts, (laughs) cut off shorts, flip flops, and grabbed an old blender and embraced the quirky beach community with his musical soul. It was a scene, he told Playboy magazine. Everyone went out and applauded the sunset every night. Mm-hmm. I, When I read that, I was so like, we need to do that. You can, you can get behind that. Yeah. yeah. Bales of marijuana washed up on the shore. There were great cheap Cuban restaurants. Key West seemed like the end. East Coast Division, a common reason people wind up there, especially writers, artists, artists musicians, and other interesting derelicts, <laughs> drawn in by the idea that Key West is the final stroke of a great comma on the map of North America, suggesting more to come, but maybe not. Oh, I got chills. That's such great writing. I mean, he just really <laughs> put it out there. He yeah. really thought about it. Yeah, he did. He really, really thought about That's it. Amazing. I think part of the issue was that he had to justify where why he was there and what he was doing. Okay. I think I think his bank account justifies it. He wrote some terrific songs too. It's not just Margaritaville, which is what he's best known for, but um, yeah, he wrote some amazingly beautiful lyrics. He is known as the helping the birth of tropical rock. Okay, which is I get that it's a genre. Yeah, it is. You know when you hear. I mean, I will put that on mm-hmm. when I'm in the golf cart. In, little steel guitar. I love it. Yeah. A blend of calypso, rock, folk, country, and pop music. And it's just got a vibe it's that you vibe. know when it is, you know. Yeah, I love His it. His commercial breakthrough took place in 1977 when he released Changes in Latitude, mm. Changes in Attitude. Mm-hmm. One of his best. In Attitudes, yeah. which featured his only top 10 hit, the mellow and wistful sing-along Margaritaville. Mm. Yep. Yes. He sold more than 20 million albums. And, you know, there were parrot heads, that's what the uh-huh. fans of Jimmy Buffett called themselves, that would follow him from concert to concert. They, he had a following like nobody else, yeah, right? He did. They really, really loved him. And I think part of the allure of him, for me, mm-hmm. was the lifestyle. Yes. Another musician we lost, Tony Bennett. I know. The great, one of the great signature voices of of our time he died in july he was 96 years old he'd had alzheimer's he was died well i don't know if he was diagnosed in 2016 but that's when they revealed that he uh, had been diagnosed with uh, alzheimer's so um he was born get this anthony dominic benedito and my grandmother may she rest in peace myrtle um was a huge fan of tony bennett and if you tried to say his real name to her, she would like curse you. She would be really upset with you. <laughs> I don't know why. It seems like she would love it. She hated. This wasn't the Italian grandma. This oh, was the other grandma. Oh, and that's why. I don't know what her problem was with his real name because it's not that far from Tony Bennett, Benedito. Anyway, that's just a little peek into my life. <laughs> um, he, for decades, he was a preeminent voice in the music industry 1962 i left my heart in san francisco can you believe that was 62 that song is still a classic yep 19 times he won grammy awards 19 grammy awards unbelievable um he would win over an entirely new fan base in his later years thanks to duets with people such as tim mcgraw celine dion john legend elton john amy winehouse michael buble and of course famously 
Lady Gaga got up there on stage with him oh, yeah. and they did a lot together. She's such a lovely person when it comes to that kind of thing. She is I like her a lot. She worships the people that she loves and it's like good you're not threatened by it let's all get together and and make more i think that she loves it because those are the people who influenced her so much yeah. to be the person she is exactly and she's uh, oh we could go we did do we a could whole go on on lady gaga her, I, love I, her. Love her. I love her i love her but yeah she definitely exposed tony bennett to an entire group of people that probably would have never been Absolutely. exposed because lady gaga fans talk about <laughs> rabid fans they love her. So whatever she says, like, you got to listen to this. They did. And it, he had a resurgence in later life in his career because yeah. of her. So we'll go over this a little quickly, but because we're starting to run out of time and we still yeah. have so many more people. We still but have half a year to go. <laughs> Michael Gambon. Who's that? He is um, the legendary actor who played Dumbledore in all <gasps> six of the Harry Potter movies. Harry he died at 82 years old. Was he 82? He was 82. I mean, he looked old in the movie. He, mm -hmm. you know, he... He always kind of looked yeah. old. Yeah. He died, up, he died at the hospital following a bout of pneumonia. Oh. Um, but they didn't say where he was oh, okay. at the time. Okay. Yeah. So he, across nearly six decade career, he appeared in more than 170 movies and television shows while working regularly on the British stage. Oh my gosh. Yes, like he was a stage actor. That's what he was known oh. for. For him to be doing the Harry Potter yeah. was a little bit, I don't think it was beneath him, but I think mm. some people might have felt like that might have been the case for him. Mm. But man, he was able to bring his talent to a whole new generation oh and a whole new genre, right? When they took the adaption for the books into movie and it it, it has changed... The course of an entire group of people yep. because of J.K. Rowling's mm. writings, right? So he really did something. He is best known for, like I said, doing stage work on the uh, in London on the West Side. Oh my gosh! And um, he died at eighty-two. Eighty-two. But uh, I can see how he was an actor of the theater that right. you, you're stepping down to do. What's this weird? movie an adaptive uh children's uh novel with made-up names and weird stuff and you're gonna be dumbledore you're a character named i can see how that would like the eyes of judgment upon him it's probably how he funded his career give me a break because i mean you don't make that much money mm -hmm. as a stage actor as a but as you go to the big screen you yeah. can then do the stuff you love hey let's get paid you can pay the bills let's get paid and then we can go back to the theater <laughs> west end is always going to be there friend don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I respect that. I, I'm sure other actors like gave him a hard time. Who cares? Jeez. Now I'm mad. I don't know why. Things have changed so much, though. Yeah. Because it used to be, you know, a, a screen actor would never go on television. Oh, no, no. And a television actor would never. You can't make that step up to the, to the big no, screen. No, no, no. Now it's like anything Now goes. It's anything goes, yeah. which I love. I do, too. Because we're really seeing people shine in ways that you wouldn't oh yeah like oh, even on the oh, real yeah. housewives of orange county there's got people like they yeah. have like people are coming on the real housewives are going on to do do stuff do stuff that just people want to see yeah i think that the the vibe has changed where it's about exposure it's about audience and you don't care how you get that audience just no. get it yeah you know i think okay um bob barker Oh my oh, gosh, that I is know. that is my grandmother's favorite person, one of them. Yeah. Lawrence Welk and Bob Bart. Oh, the two one and the same. I mean, seriously, yeah. it is part of my childhood. Absolutely. My grandmother loved it just as yours did. 
Uh, he was 99 years old. He, I didn't realize that he had Alzheimer's. He died of Alzheimer's. Yeah, they did. Hollywood loved him. And it was hard. Now Now you are a actor slash celebrity and then you get a game show. Mm-hmm. He was a game show that made him a celebrity. Right. He was a game show host. And he took it all the way. He started with Truth or Consequences, oh, yeah. which I do remember that as well. But The Price is Right was really where he shined. He started that in 72 and uh, retired in 2007. Drew Carey took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won 19 Daytime oh, Emmy Awards. He recorded <clears throat> 6,586 episodes. Would you remember? I'm going to put you on the spot. What was his signature phrase? Denise Cooper. Come on down. Woo! You're the next contestant on, on the Price, Price is Right. right. So. I we have a friend, Mindy Smith. Mindy. She was on the Price is Right. Amazing. Yeah, she got to see and meet Bob Barker. Love it, Bob Barker. Let's go back to another trailblazer mm-hmm. and um, our illustrious Diane Feinstein here in mm-hmm. sunny California <laughs> um, dies at age ninety. Although um, they call her a centrist stalwart of the Senate. Oh, geez. Okay. And when we'll you call, call her a centrist, that well, now wait. Now I, I'm just saying we <laughs> can call her a centrist now. Yes. Because back in the day, she there was no such thing. No, because it was in her in her day, she was very very liberal, and she was a trailblazer. She, but but when, by calling her a centrist, she was known to reach across the aisle. Mm-hmm. Now you are you follow your party line and you take it down to the ground. Back in the day, politics was a lot different, and I think we need to clarify that for our younger audience, that it was not uncommon to reach across the aisle and go, wait a minute, this is a good idea. This bill will benefit many of my constituents. And so I will partner with Ronald Reagan or whomever is more conservative than I prefer to be. So yes, back in the day, Diane was known for doing that. Diane Feinstein, a future powerhouse of the Senate, had decided she had, was done with politics after nine years on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, two failed bids for mayor, and a recent death of her husband from colon cancer she wanted out. Hours later, gunshots rang out in City Hall. A former supervisor, Dan White, had mm-hmm. fatally shot Mayor George Muscone mm-hmm. and Supervisor he- he- Harvey Milk. Mm -hmm. She said she felt uh, Feinstein rushed to Milk and felt for pulse. My finger, she later told the Los Angeles Times, went into the bullet hole of his wrist. Mm -hmm. Then serving as board president, Mrs. Feinstein, who died on September, had the duty of announcing the deaths. The image of her standing before the television cameras amid the panic, solemnly promising that that just as the city had recovered from the devastation of the 1906 earthquake, so too we can be rebuild from this spiritual damage. Yeah, that was a big deal in San Francisco at the time. And that guy, Dan White, is that what you said his name was? Mm-hmm. I think he was the Twinkie defense. He claimed oh, that he'd right. had so much sugar in his system from <clears throat> eating Twinkies that he didn't know what he was doing. And he shot Harvey Milk. So after all of that, she was elevated to the... She was... By the city's succession laws, she became the mayor mm-hmm. of San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, something that she held for nine years after losing the bid for California governor in 1990. So she was trying to be the governor, but wasn't a- able to do that. Two years later, she won election to the Senate, where she rose to become the chairwoman of the Intelligence Committee and the top Democrat on the ju- judiciary, judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. During more than three decades in office, she delivered... Um, muscular support as well as withering criticism of the cia helped to mold the federal branch champion an assault weapons ban and held down the center of the democratic party as it moved swiftly to the left Hmm. so there 
their comment as her as a centrist, basically, she is now in comparison. Oh, I mean, yeah, all that kind of gets thrown out the window the longer her career goes on. As most people know, in California, we have been watching Diane Feinstein. Mm. We watched her and I thought it was such a terrible thing. I don't understand why it was allowed to happen, but her decline mm. and her inability to actually serve as a productive and voice mm -hmm. in her position went out the window many, many years ago. It was tragic. And I don't understand, number one, why we allowed it just, why to the happen. Democratic Party allowed it, why in in her office, why they didn't give her some kind of dignity. She did not go out with dignity, in my opinion. No, she absolutely did not. It was embarrassing. There has to be an emeritus status that she could have had. <sighs> but it was, they kept rolling her out there like Bob Hope. It was like so tragic. And we're watching her physical, mental, and emotional decline play out in front of us. And it was, I felt sorry for her. And, and she was still voting we're like no well, she wasn't voting that was the point everyone knew she wasn't she the vote she wasn't the vote it was her assistant or yeah. somebody behind her at the scenes doing it when she won her senate seat it was in a time that became known as the year of the woman and during that time an election that sent 24 new women to the house of representatives and brought the total number of female senators to six <laughs> Oh, wow you know Woo, they're yeah. really going out there aren't they really give us the vote it. look what happens <laughs> really going for it with the 100 years later you get to go to this i mean oh. it's i bring this up because we've talked so much about and and this new generation of women coming up i want you to remember some of these mm -hmm. trailblazers you might have not agreed with her politics no 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 doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter she was a trailblazer trailblazer she did things that made people angry yeah and they would call her bad names yeah. because she was a woman mm. if she had done those things as a man no one would have cared I don't, we, and I, I love that about her so may she rest in peace her her legacy is something i wish the new women candidates coming up had her poise yeah and her intellect i mean she was a smart woman she carried herself well and like you said she went on both sides of the aisle could we not get back to that no can Apparently we please we just have some reasonable adult in the room <laughs> apparently we can't no <laughs> diane i uh, the part about diane feinstein that i will always remember and never forget has to do with the uh with richard ramirez she held a press conference i don't know if you remember this detail. i don't she held a press conference when he was on his you know california state tour going all over the place he went up to san francisco and did some murdering up there <laughs> and she they had one key piece of evidence which was this this sole print of a shoe one print they were holding that she met with the cops they told her all the information she went on a press conference and told the make of the shoe really he richard ramirez heard the press conference immediately went to the san francisco bay bridge and tossed the shoes over and that was the end of the evidence. And those cops wanted to lose their minds. That's that's Diane Feinstein for me. <laughs> May she rest in peace. I remember the story, yep. and I remember that the evidence. I mean, basically, because everyone knew the make and model of the shoe. Yep. 
we were done. That was it. But yeah, those cops were trying to keep it secret. They thought they were telling the mayor of San Francisco something that she she couldn't keep secret, apparently, Diane. <laughs> Diane. I think she was just so, in her defense, she must have thought she was doing a good she deed. She did. No, she did. She thought she was like, we're going to get this guy because he's wearing this shoe. And he's like, zoinks, buy shoes. Splash. Back to the 70s when I was growing up watching television I actually was not allowed to watch the show that she starred on. <gasps> oh. I would have to sneak in to watch it. Mm-hmm. It was called Three's Company. Yep. And Suzanne Summers starred as mm. the ditzy blonde in this really classic 1970 show. Sitcom. Sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowed to watch it because it was racy. Super racy. It was super racy. It, the idea of this show was that there was a man and a woman two women and one man living together and that was just not done well do you remember the storyline of how they were able to get away with it yes but go ahead and tell it oh well john ritter was the man Mm -hmm. and he had to pretend that he was gay Mm -hmm. because it was unacceptable in los angeles that's where this thing was situated right to have a man living with two women and have them not you know like they're not married kind of thing and they were doing it to save money on rent and he couldn't find a place and da da da. So there's always this push pull between John Ritter and the landlord, the ropers, to convince them that he was gay. Now, right now, it would probably be kind of problematic. At the time, hysterical. It was so funny. It was so crazy. And my parents wouldn't let me watch it because Which part it, did they have a problem with? With the idea that men and women were living together oh, okay. and they weren't married. Sure, sure, sure. I- <laughs> it's so laughable. It's so laughable. Denise. I know. It's so... I'm just telling people, listen, my childhood was hard. (laughs) Dennis and Gloria really, really wanted to keep me under a rock. They did. did I didn't... I couldn't wear nylons. Oh, really? No. No. I couldn't shave my legs. Yeah, same. I couldn't either. Again, weird. Well, and then when I was... I couldn't wear makeup. When I was allowed to shave my legs, only to the knee. I remember that being an issue too. And my friend, bless her soul, used to call me Bermuda shorts because (laughs) I was so hairy. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I needed to shave my entire leg. I could shave up to my knee, not over my knee. Can you believe we're not in perpetual therapy all the time over this childhood? (laughs) Who's to say I'm not? I'm just saying, what happened to our parents? Can you imagine? No! And the reason, which was probably the same reason, that you couldn't shave above your knee was because that was was slutty. Only only easy... No one should be able to see it. Only easy girls did that. (laughs) Only easy girls took all the hair off. (laughs) I look like a chimpanzee underneath my shorts, but it's fine. <laughs> if you didn't have hair on your legs, you'd want to show everybody? What? What does that mean? Oh, you are a slut. I would. I guess I could have been slutty if I had to shave my legs. I don't Think know. of what would have happened. You could have gone down that road. What? I'm so glad your parents kept you from there. Thank goodness my Thank nickname goodness. was Bermuda Shorts <laughs> because I'm Italian and I had so much hair on my legs. Thank goodness. It is so weird. Back to Three's Company. Back to Three's Company and just the, really the, it really set the, it set the tone Mm -hmm. for what sitcoms were to become. Right. 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 She was a ditzy blonde. She became known as this ditzy blonde that could have been the end of her career, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't. She went to bat about equal pay on the show. Yep. Okay. And when she did that, because 
um, John Ritter, who was her male counterpart, mm-hmm. who was having as much screen time as she was, yes. was getting a lot of money. Yes. A lot of money. Yes. And she wanted a piece of that pie. She and rightly it. so. She deserved it. Yeah. She was making $30,000 an episode, uh, which would be about $106,000 in oh. today's Oh, thank you for money. that. Yes, thank you. I did that a little... I just did that in my brain right there. Oh. Um, she wanted a raise, and um, and she wanted to be paid as the same as as Ritter mm-hmm. and the other male TV stars. Mm-hmm. So she said, "I guess I, this is what she said in quotes. I guess I was ahead of my time because I wanted the same money as a man." She told the Tampa Tribune in 1998. But when I stood up for my rights, I was booted off the show and blacklisted for a decade. Yep. Her relationship with her co with her cast members also suffered. She didn't speak to either of them for decades. Um, backed by her husband and manager, Canadian board entertain, entertainer Alan Hamill, um, Summers decamped to Las Vegas, where she developed a one-woman act while performing in casinos and nightclubs. Mm-hmm. She re- she later returned to TV on a sitcom, She's the Sheriff, and she did, she did okay, yeah. step by step, um, which mm. was like a Brady Bunch clone. Sure. And when she wasn't acting, she wrote and published more than two dozen books on beauty, health, spirituality, menopause, and her own life. So her very first memoir was called Keeping Secrets. And she recounted her struggles with an alcoholic father, which had violent rages and everything else. The thing that was really cutting edge and um, somewhat of a pioneer for women was that she's talked about things that were uncomfortable like menopause. Yes. And she embraced becoming older. Right. The thing that I think that she's most known for though is her thigh master. If you go on to SuzanneSummers.com or Google her, you will find she has her whole website. Mm -hmm. There's a website that is dedicated to not only thigh master, but her books, everything that you, she sells everything. Yeah. She died a multi-multi-millionaire, yeah. and she did well for herself. The thing that she was criticized for is she died. She ended up dying of breast cancer, mm. something that she fought since 2000. Okay. So for 23 years, yeah. she was fighting it. Mm. She utilized non-conventional ways of healing herself. That's tough, yeah. And she was not supported by... Obviously, the medical community, nope. as we know now, yeah. things are different now. Right. But back then, when you went against doctors mm. telling you you had to do this, this, and this, and that eating wouldn't matter, and that the things that you put in your body doesn't really matter, she was the person who was promoting all of those things. Yeah. She was a trailblazer. I appreciated the fact that she fought for her own rights, yep. and she was screwed, Yep. but she didn't let her didn't let it bother her no she just kept pushing on did you did did, everyone wants to know did you own a thigh master i owned at least one i I think i bought several of them i I kind of want one now i we we, could be doing it as we're talking we could be why are we just sitting here we're being so lazy we're being so lazy that was back though in the day where you had to fill out a coupon mail it in with a check and then you would get it back it wasn't available at the stores like it is now or online there was no online i did too it was really a good little exercise thing it worked i thought it did yeah it seems like it would it strengthened your inner thighs and now the ladies want that thigh gap this is your this is your thing this is it oh rest in peace suzanne summers i loved her she was amazing she looked beautiful to the end she really did the other death that really shocked us towards the end of the year, of course, was the passing of Matthew Perry. 
Oh, there's I, I we could do again an entire podcast we on really Matthew could. Perry, but I will be brief. Um, he was found uh, at his home in the Palisades, which for those of you who aren't from Southern California, Pacific Palisades is a beautiful, beautiful area of Southern California. Uh, he was found after an apparent drowning. It turns out, according to the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office, that the cause of death was acute effects, uh, acute effects with an E, of ketamine. And I don't know how controlled the situation was where he was getting his IV. Now, to say that, I do need to add, they didn't find any drug paraphernalia, Mm-mm. anything of the sort, at his home. So it was being administered by someone who was allegedly qualified to do that. That does give me some, at least he wasn't just at home free base and cocaine. He was like trying to help himself. Aside from Friends, he was also in a handful of movies. Well, not a handful, probably more than that. But the the ones that I remember, of course, were 17 again, hilarious. Mm-hmm. And Fool's Rush In, that was a, such a cute movie. I still love that movie. If you, Friends is on perpetual, perpetual reruns. You can always find it. It's on TBS. Um if you don't watch it on the regular, I always kind of have it on in the background when I'm just doing something and I need noise. I don't like sit and focus on it. If you just dip in to Friends for just a minute and watch him, he was actually the star of the show, brilliant comedian. He was the only one of the six that the writers would bring into the writer's room and say, what do you think about this? And he would tweak jokes. He would add his own stuff and they were always very supportive of that because he was such a great comedian he his was timing, really brilliant his timing and just how he when he was on friends mm-hmm. and even like the movie you were talking about fool's russian 17 17 yeah. again and, and fool's russian too yep. all of those things he had this little quirkiness about mm-hmm. him that you know it made you laugh just seeing him because he was so fun yeah um i think he was one of those people who when he just had it no yep. matter what do yep. you know that he started out as a junior tennis star no yeah at age 15 he was um no he became top ranked junior tennis player in canada what? At, at 15 and he moved to los angeles for a career in tv that his stepfather was pursuing well we know who his stepfather was mm-hmm. the great keith morrison i know <laughs> when i did not know that until i started reading about matthew perry mm-hmm. when he passed uh-huh. and i was like i go, i get there and i'm at work and i'm reading this and i scream to the group in the other room do you know who matthew perry's stepfather was <laughs> and they were all Is, like yes no they didn't oh they didn't know no one knew it was keith morrison yeah i had no freaking idea canadian i did not know that's right yep so rest in peace, Matthew Perry. You, he was literally one of six voices of an entire generation. Mm-hmm. You watched Friends mm-hmm. if you were in our age group. So it's very sad. So it was hard. To, it was hard to hear that. Yeah, to be it honest. really was really hard. There are so many. I feel like there are so many deaths this year. Is it just me? Or no, is, there's a lot. There's a I lot. don't know. There was a lot. We are yeah. not going to get through all of them. No. So we have. We're just like consolidating to the ones that we think are. Give me a highlight. Yep. 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 Sandra Day O'Connor. Oh, yes. Sister. Yeah. Yes. Pathbreaking woman of the Supreme Court. She oh. died at age 93. Talk about busting through that glass ceiling. Dude, yeah. she used a hammer. Mm-hmm. Sandra Day O'Connor, the first female U.S. Supreme Court justice. 
-hmm. whose independence on the court that was often ideologically divided made her the pivotal vote in numerous closely contested cases and one of the most powerful women of her era. Mm. She died on December 1st in Phoenix, Arizona at age 93. She had advanced dementia. Did she? Yeah. Um, Probably Alzheimer's is what they thought. Yeah. But... um, and she had a respiratory illness that I think eventually um, caused her death. She was 93. She was 93. Good job, Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah, in nearly a quarter century as a justice, um, from her swearing in in September of 1981 after being appointed by President Ronald Reagan to a retirement in January of 31st of 2006 to care for her husband. Mm. This is the part I wanted to talk about. Mm. This woman gave up her life as a Supreme Court's justice, which usually doesn't happen. They usually die in that position, right? Absolutely. Or they'll just like keep going on and on. Um, But she wanted to make sure that she was there for her husband Mm. and she took care of him the whole time. What a class act. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant mind. And uh, yeah, a classy, classy lady to the end. Yep, yep. Before we go, um, this will be my last one. We're going to stick in the in the realm of politics and government. We can't leave without a hats off to Rosalind Carter. I'm going to read you something by one of my favorite follows on Instagram. I've read things from him before. His name is Christian James Hand, and he's in the music industry. Um, I'm not going to say any more about it. You can log on to get onto Instagram and, and give him a follow. He is a so fun. He's such a terrific follow. But he wrote, he's British, and he wrote this about Rosalind Carter. This is about a woman of class, education. She was an erudite and an incredible partner to a man who she loved for almost her entire life, 77 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And he said that he loved her more than he did to begin with, quote, which is saying a lot because I loved her a lot, unquote. She spent years being an advocate for mental health, and the two of them together helped expand the reach of Habitat for Humanity internationally. They exemplified the best of America, and as far as I'm concerned, their legacy will extend for years to come. We should all be so lucky. And that, again, was from Christian James Hand. I could not have said it better myself. I wanted to say something sort of extensive about Rosalind Carter because she was such a classy woman, has nothing to do with her husband in the presidency and all that. Politics aside, don't care. As a partner to former President Jimmy Carter and just as a human, I love Rosalind Carter and she was an amazing woman and may she rest in peace. So that does it. For this edition of Two Average Girls. We're so glad you joined us. Happy New Year, Denise. Happy New Year to you and to everyone out there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe on Two Average Girls podcast. That's um, also on Instagram, same name. And uh, we're looking forward to a great 2024. We hope you are too. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Freese.